Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm sitting here in New York with the fabulous Rachel Mansfield and a room full of incredible people. I'm looking at so many awesome humans who showed up for our live podcast recording, the first and hopefully the first of many. So I couldn't think of a better co-host to have than Rachel. And we're going to talk today about our wellness journeys, our little bit about blogging and branding. And we're going to answer a lot of questions from a lot of awesome people. So Rachel, why don't you just say hey to our listeners and also thank our sponsors? Yes, 100%. So hey, everybody. Um, we'd like to thank Perfect Bar for giving you guys all of the yummy treats, their new bars, flavors. Rebel, who they're going to be sampling. Rebel should be here soon. <laughs> you know, I thought of that as I was about to thank them, but I don't know where they are. So thank you if you are coming. If you're not, then we'll have to call you later. Um, <laughs> and Chosen Foods for the tote bags that house the most... Like, I think this is the best gift bag. I, I love a good gift bag, but this is the best gift bag that I've, like, ever curated, we've ever curated, ever. They have so many amazing brands in there, like Eating Evolved, Vital Proteins. There's a ton of goodies in there. So I hope you guys love them and recognize them from um, the blog and Instagram. Yeah, I was just saying, I don't usually bring gift bags home from different things because... At a certain point, there's just too much stuff in my apartment. I don't want to bring more and more in. I'm trying to be a minimalist. It's not really working. So I usually try to leave, <laughs> subtly try to leave gift bags at events. But this gift bag, I'm totally taking home with me. Like, thanks to Rachel, who really curated, like, every single brand that we both have ever heard of is inside of that bag that we like, that we love. So yeah, I went a little excited, shit, but whatever. It's a good thing. It's a good <laughs> thing. So we hope that you guys all love those. And... We might as well dive right in so that we have time for questions afterwards. And what I really wanted to talk about today, when we were talking, preparing for this live podcast session, we wanted to bring you guys something that's a little bit different from stories of both of ours that you can find on the internet and already on the podcast and in different places. So I started thinking, I don't think Rachel has shared a whole lot of her wellness journey with all of us. She shared a little bit on her blog pretty recently, so it's new. So I wanted to hear it straight from her, what her wellness journey was all about that brought her to this place where she now shares her very wellness-focused lifestyle with all of us on a daily basis. Yeah, I'm excited. I think that a lot of people 
assume, and I don't blame anyone for this, but when you have an Instagram or a blog and you're all about health and wellness, you assume that person has always, always been like that. You know, they've always drank kombucha and ate spinach and, you know, lived a happy, happy and healthy lifestyle. And I shared a little bit about this on my blog, but I'm excited to kind of go more in depth with you guys tonight. So when I was growing up, I did not give a crap about health or chicken or like brown rice or anything that was like good for you. My parents who are in the corner can definitely attest to that. Um, I was all about those bacon cheeseburgers and Burger King and McDonald's and you name it. It was fried. I ate it. And I was a little, you know, I was, I wasn't, I would never say I'm, I was fat. I was definitely a little chubbier on the heavier end of the spectrum, at least from my perspective. And like middle school, I was a late bloomer, didn't feel too good in my own body. By the time I got to high school, I had lost weight to kind you know, I matured a little bit. I grew, which was important. I lost weight in like a very like, I would say balanced perspective. That was also the time when like you'll play yogurts and hundred calorie packs were like really in and they were really good for you. And then I went to college and I ended up gaining about 15 pounds my freshman year. Shocker. Uh, that was definitely stemmed from a lot of beer, chicken finger melts, late night pizza. Chicken finger melt is a grilled cheese sandwich with a chicken finger in the middle in case you're like, what is that? Um, lack of movement. I was never really into fitness or working out. Um, my parents used to make me ride my bike to get to friends' houses in the neighborhood to like make me move because I just like was not active. And then by the time I saw for a year of college rolled around, I just was not feeling good in my body. I did. I knew I didn't look like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel confident throughout, I would say throughout most of my life beforehand. So that was about 18, 19 years. I never really felt confident in my own body. I didn't feel good. I didn't, when I looked in the mirror, I wasn't like, damn, I look good. I was like, like, I just, I didn't like it. And I wanted to make a change. So I actually started dating Jordan and he's has one of like, who is in the corner as well. Hey, Jordan. And Jordan and I always say has like the best perspective on like food and health and that I've ever seen before in my life. Very, very balanced um, perspective. And started dating him, started eating a little bit healthier, but that kind of spiralized downhill. I went, that was end of my sophomore year, summer going into my junior year. Fall of my junior year, I went abroad to Florence And it was just like downhill from there. I dropped another like 20 pounds when I was there from being homesick, from just still trying to find what worked for my body, what I liked, what I didn't like. And I kind of thought that the way that I was eating was what was going to make me feel good about myself um, and really took that out on food. And I came home from being abroad and I like looked in the, well, no, actually when I was abroad, I remember I looked in the mirror and I was like, you don't look good now either. You don't look good being 20 pounds underweight. You didn't look good being 20 pounds overweight, but you don't look good now either. I went home, got my shit together. I was very, and I still am very grateful that I knew that there was a problem. I wasn't very naive about it. And I wanted to like nip it in the butt. I wanted to feel good about myself. I wanted to look in the mirror and like what I was seeing 
I wanted to go to a restaurant and not stress about the menu and what I was going to eat and what I was going to order and if I was going to gain 10 pounds the next morning after I ate out. Um, I wanted to feel whole. And this was middle of my junior year of college, which, as you know, is when most girls in their 20s, you're turning 21, you're going out, you're drinking, you're enjoying yourself. Um, And I definitely enjoyed myself. I always say my freshman and sophomore year a little too much. And so by the middle of my junior year, I was ready to really understand wellness and health a bit more than I had in the past. So it definitely started off slow and I had gained weight back um, to basically what I look like right now and been maintaining this same weight probably for about five or six years, give or take like a few pounds, but you know, whatever. I was like, I don't want to just sit there and binge eat M&Ms and Reese's Pieces to gain weight. I want to gain weight in a healthy way. And I was never a binge eater. Like I never like downed bags of chips or anything like that. I just ate a lot of the wrong foods too frequently. So when I started to gain weight, it was in like a nice, like healthy, I hate saying healthy all the time, but it was like a nice balanced perspective on doing so. And I feel like I'm talking in a circle about it, but I have so many thoughts that I want to say that I'm like, oh my God. Then I graduated college and started working in an office setting in Manhattan and had to pack my breakfast and lunches like every day. And that's when I started making overnight oats because I wanted something that was convenient, that was easy, that was nourishing and good for you. So I started making those every day and people would always ask me like, what are you eating? Like, what is that mush? Like, that looks so gross. What is in the mason jar? And I just didn't care. I just kept eating it and did my own thing. I brought my like Ezekiel bread for lunch and people would tell me I was eating like stale bread all the time. Like people always had something to say. And I was like, you know what, whatever, it's fine. Like I'm going to keep eating the food I want to eat. And then a few, few more years passed by and I just continued to really, I guess like I wanted to be like a sponge. I wanted to absorb everything that was around me that had to do with fueling your body with things that were good for you, whether that was food related, beverage related, workout related, and really just like learn what made my body feel good because what makes your body feel good on the inside, you're gonna radiate that on the outside. So if you feel good about yourself, you're gonna radiate all that positivity around you, which is amazing. And that's when I also had started my blog around the same time, which probably that was, I started my blog in March of 2015, where I posted all my recipes and various things that I was eating. And I saw the reaction and I saw that people like liked it. Like people actually were like, that looks good. And I, and then people were making my recipes and then all my Rachel foods, like overnight oats and chia puddings, they weren't Rachel foods anymore. They were foods that everybody wanted to eat. They were foods that people were craving and bringing to work and people were asking them what the hell they were eating. Yeah. I feel no, <laughs> I that's going. the journey. So you and, stop me now. and now you guys know where she is, which she is killing it. She has an incredible food blog. I mean, I obviously know when you started it, but I'm still sitting here thinking, wow, about how quickly everything has grown. Because probably a lot of people in here don't know this, but Rachel and I met when she, before she had a blog, she was working for a brand, a beverage company that sponsored an app launch party that I was hosting in late 2014. 
And I remember meeting her and she was at my app launch and she came out from the East Coast to LA and just thinking, wow, I can't believe she came here. First of all, on behalf of the brand, what a cool person. Oh, I begged. And I was then, like, I'm, peace, bitches. I'm going oh to LA. Well, we, had, <laughs> we had so much fun and that was such a special night. That's the night that I met Jonathan, who is now my boyfriend. Really? So that night was very special to me for like so many reasons, but I don't really do the whole app thing anymore. I don't know if anyone had my app back in the day, but... It still exists. It's a recipe app. I don't do as many recipes anymore, but I'm just so blown away by Rachel's transformation with her business and her wellness journey and everything. And I think it's a huge takeaway for for everyone, that whole message of balance. And it might be really cliche to hear me say that because hello, balance, balance is my thing. I love that. And I'm sitting here thinking too, as you're saying all that, just like, I won't dive super far into my journey because I feel like there's lots of places where, where you can find it. People listening, I have a book, Breaking Vegan, all of that about my transition to a balanced life. But I'm just thinking of this situation right now, sitting in this room full of all these awesome people with Rachel and surrounded by all of you and comparing it to my life three years ago when I was living in New York and I was a plant-based raw vegan who was... At this time, three years ago, on a 30-day juice cleanse, one of many, and I would host events like this all the time. I didn't have a podcast. I wish I did. I would just host events at juice places, juice places that I still go to when I'm in the city, and I was so not me. I was so like a shell of a person. I thought I was so me and like burning brightly and being myself and radiating this healthy life, but... I I totally wasn't. And I would have so much anxiety before those events because I just wasn't really living my truth and I wasn't living a balanced life. And I also, I think I was just trying so hard to believe that that life was healthy, that I would go to these events with like just horrible anxiety. Like, how am I going to be an authentic person when I'm not even like practicing what I preach and being healthy. And there's nothing balanced about me at that point in time. So it's really cool to look back on that and then think now, three years, of course, of hard work and lots of trial and error and nutritionists and tests and everything to find out like what I'm actually intolerant to and what I was just depriving myself of, which was a ton of stuff, obviously any animal product or byproduct. And now I just have such a different outlook on all of that. Um, so I'm sure people can relate. I think we've all had our ups and down journeys to balance and to finding like a truly happy state of being. And now it just feels so good to sit up here. I was not nervous at all. I was just like, yeah, we're just going to do our thing. Have hell yeah, yeah conversations <laughs> with one of my closest friends. And it's just cool to see how things come full circle. So yeah. So I know that a lot of people are here, not just to hear about our wellness journeys and what we've personally been through with all of that, but also to hear about how we have built that into something that we do full time for a living. And I think it's cool that we've both had really different journeys to blogging full time, so different. And um, before we open it up to questions, I think you should touch on kind of the rest of your story. So you brought us to Overnight Oats, Rachel, Chia Pudding, yeah. Rachel, and then you started doing and this full-time and sharing. I started doing this full-time. And for anyone that was at my event in late February, I'm not going to go into the whole story just because I don't want to totally bore you again. 
but I had built my blog and I was working at a healthy food and beverage company, well, company in that space. And I was running their social media and earned media department. That's where I met Jordan, as she mentioned. And I was very undercompensated, undervalued, felt like I was not making enough money for the amount of work that I was putting into it. I was living in Manhattan, just moved in with Jordan, my fiance, not, not this Jordan. I wish I got to live with this Jordan. Um, and I told Jordan I wanted to start selling overnight oats in, the, in a jar and delivering it to Manhattan, delivering it throughout Manhattan. And he looked at me like I was crazy because I was also looking to walk dogs and babysit at the same time. So my idea wasn't really like a thought out business plan. And he just recommended like, why don't you post your recipes on Instagram, see what happens, see if people like them. So that started to really take off. Um, I'm so grateful for that. The, as I mentioned, the recipes I was making, all the Rachel food, all of the you know, food at holidays and family dinners that was like segregated in the corner for me was now the food that like everybody at the table wanted to eat, which was amazing. And it was so special for me to see that. And when I was there at the company that I was working at, I walked into a meeting and I was fired. I was unexpectedly fired. I had no idea that it was coming. And that's a whole different podcast episode in itself of my thoughts on getting fired. But I was forced, I was faced with a challenge. I could go back to finding a job and working full-time in corporate America, or I could like try and build an Instagram account, which at that time when I was fired, walked onto 7th Avenue. I think my Instagram had no more than 11 to 12,000 followers. I was maybe making $50 a post. Like I could not afford like a doorknob in Manhattan at that (laughs) compensation, okay? So I was fortunate enough to collect unemployment to hold me over. Jordan and my parents and I sat at a table. We sat at a pizza place in Flatiron. And they said to me, give yourself three to six months. Worst that could happen is you go back to corporate America. Try and build a brand. Try and be something. Like, follow your passion. Like, I don't have children. I don't have a dog. Like, I'm, I'm married. But, like, we're, you know, we're like, we're like one unit. So we, have, we can support each other. And I did it. I went full throttle. I did not come up for air. I still don't think I've come up for too much air since then. And I've built a brand from there. So what's when I was fired in December, by April, I was like smooth sailing, which was, I don't like to say that I was lucky because I don't think that anything in this career path or any career path is luck. I think everything is if you work really fucking hard, it's going to pay off. And that's what happened. So now I'm working for myself now a year, a little, a little over a year, like almost a year and a half, which has been crazy um, and so fun, so hard at the same time. So, so hard, but yeah. An amazing journey. And I love, I love hearing it every single time. Somebody's clapping. I totally agree. <laughs> yes. We, <laughs> I love, 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 love hearing all of that. And I think the huge noticeable takeaway for me with all of that is that the hardest things that happen to us and in the moment make us feel like our whole world is crashing down, like getting fired. Yeah. I'm sure that was devastating. I know from you that oh it my was God. devastating. I was in a depression. I wouldn't leave my apartment. I would not see friends. I felt so embarrassed. Like when you think things are going so well in your life, like I had just gotten married in September. It's December. The holidays are here. My first season, holiday season being married. I'm so excited. And then December 4th, 
of 2015, I was fired right before the holidays when nobody, if you were ever fired or looking for a job around December, good luck because nobody is going to hire you. Nobody gives a shit what is going on around the holidays. They're like eating hot chocolate and making Christmas cookies. So yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's, you've overcome a lot to get to where you are. And I think that difficulty is part of what drove you. You had such a fierce motivation, which is why you've built something so huge in really such a short amount of time. And I think that kind of if you look at any successful person who has gotten to a certain level, and I know that you're just getting started and there's so many more levels to reach. And yeah, I mean, that's the exciting thing about building a brand. Um, I can relate because I think when my brand really started to take off, which was um, three years ago is when I started blogging full time and transition from the blonde vegan to the balanced blonde. It was also the hardest time in my life that catapulted me into doing what I'm doing now. And I was going through all those personal struggles. That's when you exploded though. Yeah. Well, I mean, struggle for sure. And I was blogging about it. So if you scroll all the way back to 2014, early 2014, all the way through like June, you'll see those posts and be like, whoa, that girl had a lot of issues. And all she wrote about was juice cleanses. And then, then come, seriously, then come June 2014 is when I publicly wrote this whole why I'm transitioning away from veganism post. And that really blew up. But I mean, when I say blew up, I mean, it was all over the media, but that was not exciting to me. It was, I was getting attacked by a lot of diehard ethical vegans and I was confused and I had a lot of stuff to work through from the beginning on. Do you remember that? I, I remember my mom calling me being like, that blonde vegan blog you read, it's on NBC. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I would wake up to like 99 text messages, like having gone to bed, having not because that's what was going on and it was everywhere. And in a way that was cool because of course, when you have your own blog, who doesn't want to be exposed to a new audience? But it wasn't, to me at the time, it didn't feel positive because I was struggling so much and I didn't want this story to be out there. I was like, hang on, I don't even have a new blog name. I was actually convinced at the time that I was not going to change my blog name, that I was going to stay the blonde vegan because that was my brand. That was my baby. I was very connected to the TBV acronym. And I had told myself and my parents and my friends, I can still have the blonde vegan blog and not be vegan. And And that's exactly my web designer who was a close friend called me and he was like, I cannot let you do that. Like we have got to change your URL like tomorrow because people had huge issue with it. So at that time I had just left grad school, left just in the middle of my grad school program because I wanted to blog full time, was changing my brand, was losing tens of thousands of vegan followers it was probably a pretty funny and risky time to decide to blog full time, but it just happened that way. I was also moving across the country, moving back to Los Angeles, and I had no idea, no purpose, no direction whatsoever. What made you, what made you move back to Los Angeles? Because your parents are in Northern California. Yeah. So I went to college in Los Angeles. I went to Loyola Marymount University. So when I was living in New York, I would go visit my friends who all stayed in Los Angeles after college. I would visit them in Brentwood. We'd go on hikes in January. It was beautiful. And then, yeah, I know, Rachel loves LA. So, and then I would come back to New York and be in like this 
flurry snowstorm. I love New York. All of you guys sitting in front of me live in New York. Yeah, I mean, you this didn't is my come favorite visit city. from November to February, though. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So I just, impu- I'm a very impulsive person. I think in my last three years of maturity have become a little less impulsive. But at the time I was leaving grad school, I was going through a lot with, with the vegan stuff and my family was going through a lot. And I just thought... I'm going to move back to LA and everything seems sunny and happy there. And that's where I'm going. So I did. (laughs) And then to be honest, I really regretted it for probably like six or seven months because after I decided I was moving to the time that I actually moved, um, is when I really fell in love with living here in New York and like really had my ties. I had all my friends and I just felt then super sad to leave, which is why I come back every chance that I get. But for me, it was a good decision to be in California, be close to my family. Um, But the point of that whole story is that I had a lot of change happening all at once and it was very difficult. And I remember my dad, my dad who likes to double as my accountant would call me and be like, you know, I hope you're getting paid soon by like some of these brands that you're working (laughs) with because like you've got to pay your rent. And I'm like, I know, I'm figuring it out. Like I promise I'm, I know what I'm doing. Like, you know, we have to get used to that. I have to get used to this whole thing. And I was never worried. And my parents, some of my friends, they laugh at me now. Like you really dove into this with the utmost confidence when nobody knew what you were doing or like what your direction or purpose was. And then I just knew because I could see where the trajectory of the blogging industry was going. So I knew that like $200 here, $200 there would turn into more as the blogging industry grew. And yeah, so our stories are very different because so different. Um, we just came from, you know, such different places and at a different time. But I think that's the beauty of all of that, of all of when you build a brand based off of what sets your soul on fire to do a little, you know, my favorite phrase to plug that in there, then you really can't go wrong. Even if you at the time feel that you don't have purpose or direction. So for me... I now tell people who are about to build a brand or a blog, have some purpose, have some direction. It can go a long way. You'll avoid a lot of the struggles and questions that I was faced with for a while when I first started, but everybody has their own path. So that's what's so cool. Remember, I I actually called Jordan when I first started my Instagram account. I called her when I was still working at that brand and I was like, what do I do? I want to start Instagram. And she was like, well, what do you want your Instagram to be about? She's like, you need to have consistency and a purpose. And that was the same advice you gave me. Remember you were driving in your car. I don't yeah. remember where. I remember that. I was in downtown Los Angeles, which is a, yeah. it's a drive. So we had some time to talk. And I remember telling her consistency is key. And then hello, like she took that and ran with it. And now we laugh about it because she's so yeah. much more consistent than I will ever That's be. That's just OCD. That's yeah. Consistency. <laughs> it works. It works for your brand. And I think, yeah. I think it works for everybody's brand, but it's hard to be consistent when you're, when you're excited about, you know, sharing stuff in the moment too, which is something that I'm pretty obsessed with oh, doing. Did everyone get a sweet green salad? Yeah. Okay. Cause we have some more coming in case you have a ticket and you didn't get a salad. Yes. Sorry. Just, I yeah. saw them come in. So no, yeah. I saw her peek her head in. Um, so there's a few more things I think we can touch on after we do the Q and A's. However, we would love to invite you guys up here to this microphone to ask some questions. It's not as scary as it looks and yeah, we're, we're open. So anything about blogging, branding, wellness, life, be our guest. 
Yeah. Come on up. Yeah, we have time for lots of questions, so don't be shy. You and I could have kept talking for like four I kept looking at the We could talk forever, so... Hello. Hello. So my question is, there's obviously a lot of content out there coming from different people. And there are these health and wellness coaches there. You guys are very like, I would say, I, I, it's hard to compare your, your social followings to other people, but then there are nutritionists. There are even doctors out there. So have you faced criticism for not having a degree? Do you think in today's world you need a degree? And I'm a, I'm a nutrition student, so I'm coming from a place of going towards a degree. So yeah, I guess my question is, have you faced criticism for not having a degree? And do you feel like you even need it and, and to be successful? Which I guess the answer is no. And tell us your name. My name is Marissa. Cool. Rosenbaum. Do you want to take this first? <laughs> yeah. I, We're going to stalk you, Marissa. <laughs> I love kidding. this question. Um, I think that there's no harm in having a degree in nutrition or anything. It depends. It depends what your intentions are. Like, for me personally, I'm not telling people what to eat. Like, I'm not telling you to eat gluten-free. Like, I'm not telling you to eat a specific way. I'm not telling you to eat... Like, I don't, I'll never do a what I ate Wednesday post because I am so against them because I can't tell people what I'm eating and expect them to like learn from that. Like you need to do what works for your body. And that's something that I personally preach. So I don't think I need a degree to do what I'm doing, but if I wanted to help people, if I wanted to take people in and have them as clients and teach them how to eat and teach them how this is what a balanced plate looks like. And this is what the perfect portion of, not perfect, but the balanced portion of like protein and carbs and fat, then like, yes, I would need a degree. But for what I'm doing, I don't think so because I try not to be very preachy. Yeah. When I was going through that whole phase of closing out being the blonde vegan and living in New York, I enrolled at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition for health coaching. No, no, no. I was actually in grad school to get my master's in creative writing. Um, So I did do the whole IIN program for health coaching. And a lot of, yeah, most people don't know that because I didn't talk about it that much um, ever because I realized in the process that I didn't want to be a health coach. But nothing against health coaching. There's probably a lot of health coaches in here and I think it's awesome. But I was just rolling with the whole blogging thing. And I think it's nice to have a little bit of background. It doesn't have to be anything super specific. But for me, with the direction that I ended up taking with yoga, I felt like if I want to share this much yoga with people, because this is what I love and this is my passion, this is kind of what my blog is turning into, then I really want to have my 500... 500 hours of certification because I want to be on par with those other people who I follow and am inspired by. And I think it's important to just always be learning and it doesn't have to be in the form of a graduate degree or a health coaching certification. It could just be like reading tons of books. And that's what I tell people sometimes who ask me like, who are you to give nutrition advice? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not really giving advice. I'm just telling you what I do. Second of all, Well, I'm not claiming to have any sort of certification, but I mean, I did the whole health coaching thing. And I think that if you do a ton of research and you're passionate about something, that's all you really need to be a blogger. I mean, unless you're like saying like, hey, I'm a doctor, I'm a nutritionist, I can help you, which people do, by the way, they sell those services when they're not qualified sometimes. And that's 
not cool. And that's but, why you guys are a little like it's, it's, I always do the disclaimer. Yeah. It's like, Hey, this works for me. Maybe it'll work for you. But but I think it's more more authentic because you're not trying to sell something that you aren't. Oh yeah. Yeah, For sure. For sure. It works for us. I mean, we walk a very fine line in doing that because I work with, well, we work with a lot of brands in this space and I can't tell people like you should eat this or put this in your tea because it's going to be done and out. Like I can say I do this because it's good for my blah, blah, blah. But like I can't make claims on behalf of a brand. You can just say how you feel. And then I think for people who truly are in school for nutrition, that's a whole other angle that's fantastic because that angle is really cool too. You can share recipes on your blog and break them down about the actual nutrition content and teach people the science. And that's just a different style. And that's really cool too. I'd love to read that. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> those are like some of my favorite blogs to follow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, come on up. I feel like totally starstruck right now. I'm like, feel like I'm with celebrities. So uh, I'm feeling nervous too. But um, my name is Emily. I'm a kindergarten teacher. And I know we can all probably attest. I wish I was a kindergarten teacher. I'm serious. (laughs) It's a really fun job. But um, everybody can probably agree. I mean, everybody's life is so hectic and crazy. And I find myself just in kind of the everyday motions of going from one extreme to the next. So I'll, you know, from Monday to Friday be super, you know, just cohesive with what I'm eating and be really like on the spot with, you know, making sure I have like all the right things. And then, you know, the weekend comes and I really just want to lay back because I'm so exhausted and I can't find that consistency. And I think my question kind of for both of you is, you know, you've talked about how you had this kind of aha moment and you kind of, you know, gradually went into it. And I know it was a process and it's going to remain a process. Um, But what are some things that kind of you tell yourself and help um, kind of guide yourself to keep yourselves motivated and kind of continuing with your lifestyle because I feel like I constantly want to get into that lifestyle and like I'll cook something from Rachel's blog one day and then all of a sudden like Friday comes and then I'm, you know, going out to a big Italian dinner and I can't kind of find that fine line with kind of the feng shui of everything. Um, So I don't know if either of you wanted to... Yeah. Talk about that. (laughs) Really good question. Yeah, it's a really good question. Obviously, I don't know you personally, but I think what you're doing is living. I think that you're eating well during the week. And I think it sounds like you're enjoying yourself on the weekends. And there's nothing wrong with going out to dinner on a Friday and wanting to have like a bowl of pasta and something. If it's not, even if it's not something that you would eat on like a Monday or Wednesday, you know, I definitely think that in this industry in particular, it's all, and I'm, I've been thinking about this so much last two weeks. It is so about extremes. Like it's either you're like this or you're this. Right. And that's what's so hard because I feel like you fall, I mean, especially with social media, you can follow one extreme to the next (laughs) and it's so, and it's, and two, it's like, everybody's comparing, but it's like, where, like, how do you continue to stay like in this mode of consistency through everything? I think that once you, what, during the week, do you feel good with the foods and the or whatever you're doing during the week? Do you feel good? Oh, yeah. But I'm also, you know, tired and all right. that kind of From stuff. But like, are you listening to your body and what your body's telling you to eat? Like if that's what I always say it comes back to is like, I, list, I ask my body what it needs. And 
what it needs to feel good and make me feel my best. Like that's why I started eating meat again for the first time in five years. Cause my body was physically talking to me being like, eat the chicken. Like it's okay. You don't need to be so extreme about it. I've been it. a vegetarian since I was 15 too. So I like, and I was wow. a vegan for four years also. So I, and I've gone back to eating fish. So I feel like I relate a lot to kind yeah. of the transition and kind of getting that stigma of like, how can you go from eating all this and then all of a sudden not eating it again or kind of vice versa. So it is really hard because it, like you said, it goes for what your body's asking you to do or kind of what works for you, which I feel like is what I try to tell myself, but it's hard with like, you know, the craziness of everything else. Yeah. Well, I think one thing too is because I've, I've found my balance for the most part, but for me, it's a little bit harder than some people because I have a ton of like food intolerances and stomach problems. So me living and like living on the wild side is a little bit different than other people because I actually can't just go out and have like a bowl of pasta at a regular Italian restaurant on the weekends. So for me to stick with feeling good and like really just stay on the train as much as I can, I just try to think, how is this going to make me feel? Like, right. do I really want, I mean, sometimes I don't really want the kale salad with salmon. That sounds horrible. And for me, that doesn't mean that I'm going to like go have pizza with like ranch or something like my friends are having for dinner. But um, for me, sometimes that means like I'm going to have a smoothie with like tons of chocolate protein in it and make it taste like dessert because that's what I feel like. So I think you just have to like go with the flow and listen to your body. But also like just try to always think, how is this going to make me feel afterwards? And try with your busy day with your kindergarten students and everything to bring healthy snacks. And I think like not, not getting to the point where you're like over hungry and exhausted when you get home, those are when the decisions go south, I think for a lot of us. So just be prepared, do all your meal prep, grocery shopping when you can on the weekends and yeah. And then just live life because the extremes are, yeah, the extremes are what we try to stay away from, at least us. But I mean, I know a lot of wellness bloggers do put the extremes out there, including like I did that for a long time. So it's also like trying to listen to yourself and not comparing, not getting on Instagram and scrolling through and being like, oh no, Rachel had this like super healthy dinner and then I didn't, you know, (laughs) just kind of listening to your body, doing you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, y'all. I'm Norma. Um, I have the blog Lyra and Jane. And both of you were smart to start your blogs when you did and have kind of been the trailblazers in that blog sphere. But knowing what you know now, if you were to start your blog today when there's so many out there, what are the things that you would do knowing what you know now if you started it today? That's a great question. So kind of what I was saying about having a purpose is huge. So I think number one, what I always tell people is be ridiculously passionate about the blog topic that you're starting. Something that you could talk about every single day for 10 years, because maybe you'll have your blog for 10 years. Maybe you'll have it for 20 years. So something that you love that much. For me, it was wellness and that's all encompassing and it's a lifestyle. So it has been able to transition into yoga and fitness and not really any food anymore um, for me. My mom, for example, recently started a fashion blog for women over 60 and fashion is her passion. Like that is, you've got to be ridiculously passionate about what it is that you're starting, but it can't all just be passion. I mean, I wish I could sit here and say, just follow your passion and do that because that's 
fun, but you have to have a purpose. And for me, I've started to hone in on my purpose really only just in the last couple of years, which is to inspire people to set their souls on fire. And for me, that has a lot to do with wellness, but I recognize not that's not for everybody. So um, I consider to myself when I'm about to post something, because I just post from the heart. Like, You've probably seen some of my captions that are, I mean, they're like really long, really like novel length because I just have to. It's like, I have to get it out there. It's it's part of my process because it's I've been doing it for four years. But I think I have to ask myself now, is this in alignment with my purpose? Because that's what helps keep me consistent. So the consistency thing is huge. And then having kind of like a trajectory, like what are my goals for this month, for next month, for the next six months, and then really stay on top of yourself and see if you're hitting those goals. Because if you're not, then it's probably time to reevaluate and think about how you can do things differently. I think engaging with other bloggers is huge to just be a part of the community. And that's fun because you'll meet people in the space, but also you'll start getting support from other people in the space. And really we all support each other. Like, if I didn't interact with any of the other bloggers, with Rachel or with anybody else, it's like you're on a solo island because it is. It's a very solo job in so many ways. Lonely. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, All of those things, engagement, and then just quality content, of course. Meet a good photographer, one of your friends who has a nice camera, take them to lunch, have them do a bunch of pictures of you beforehand. I mean, that's kind of how it all starts. I would tell myself that nothing's set in stone. So if you start off, for example, of this, if you start off and you're blogging about being a vegan, you don't want to be a vegan anymore. Like just because you were blogging about that once before doesn't mean you have to keep doing that. So what you're blogging about or what you're building a brand on should be about you. So it, that should be like the main topic of it. And that should be its sole purpose and that it reflects you as a person. I think that my other piece of advice is to not fall in the comparison trap. There are a shit ton of bloggers out there and people trying to start blogs. And if you sit there comparing yourself to others and saying, oh, wow, like her picture is so pretty. Like, why doesn't mine look like that? Or, wow, why didn't I think to make those cookies? Like, they look really good. And the engagement on that photo was amazing. Like, I'm guilty of that still sometimes. I look at someone's dress and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I think to make that? Like, that looks so good. But then I'm like, no, Rachel, I'll just be happy for that person that they thought of that. They and credit them and just know that like things work out how they're supposed to be. And you don't want to compare yourself to other people because when you do, you miss out on such amazing relationships by doing that. And some of my closest friends are in the blogging space and I met them through Instagram. And it's because I've had that perspective of treat everyone like you're, they're your friend, not your competitor. I think that's really important. Hi, I'm Brittany. So I guess my question for both of you, but just using you as an example, is when you said that you had 10,000 followers, one, how did you even get to that? Like, like, how did you like launch it? And then when you were like, I'm going to go ham, I'm going to like make this big. Like what, what, what was kind of, I guess, that transition? Okay, so I think that my top three biggest things for growing an Instagram account are number one, consistency, which we spoke, mm -hmm. uh, touched upon before. You want to be consistent in a few different aspects. The want to be consistent in what you're known for. So whether that's recipes or fitness or lifestyle, or you want to be known for something and you want to be consistent with that. You want to be consistent in the look and feel of your account. Like you don't want to have like 
black background in one picture, then white the next, and then like orange after that. Like you want to have consistency, at least from my personal style opinion. Um, you want to have quality content. You don't want to just take pictures and post them. Don't ever post to post. That's like what I always tell myself, like in the beginning, like don't just post because you if you haven't posted in a day and you feel like, oh, you're like, I need to do something. Don't just post to post, post quality content. And number three, so important. And it's the biggest secret to growing your account, engagement. You want to interact with other people. And that does not mean liking their photo and commenting yum. That means <laughs> engaging with them. That, that means starting conversations. That means interacting with them, whether that's like through Instagram stories and like commenting on their story, like saying something, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And making friends and engaging and being in the community. And that's what's most important. Um, and engagement has been so key. And I mean, it was definitely hard to have solid engagement and have a life because I felt like I was on my phone 24 seven. And I do think that was key in starting my account. Do I think I would do that again to get where I am today? Absolutely. But because it is my full-time job, I wasn't like sitting at a work desk having to do that at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if I had a full-time job and had to do that, I'm not sure what I would have. I probably would have been on my phone till like one o'clock in the morning every day. Um, So I think, so summarize consistency <laughs> quality content and engagement okay yeah. great question hi um i'm Britt. i'm at um the banana diaries and, hi uh, it's so nice yeah. to meet you <laughs> you, you are so yeah. good in engagement yeah, yeah. You, are. you win the award in engagement <laughs> thank you so good <laughs> thank you yeah um so right now i work an office job but i do it on the side um instagram and so i was just wondering like how did you deal with like the judgments of people as you transition from like, you know, going from doing like a full-time job to like then working for yourself. And because eventually I do want to work for myself down the line. Yeah. I think, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to remember whatever anyone else thinks is just their opinion and you have to do it for you. And I think if it clearly makes you happy and you're confident in doing it, then other people in your life will start to support you. A lot of people in my life didn't understand. When I first started blogging full-time, I was living with someone who would make comments like, well, you don't have a real job, so you don't even know like what it's like. And I would be like, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I work all day long. And people, people will always have their judgments, their preconceived notions about what it looks like to work for yourself and to blog full-time. But those who are really close to you in your life and really see the full aspect will see you're working hard, you're happy, and they'll be nothing but happy for you. So if anyone's judging you, my personal opinion is that can be kind of toxic. And if they continue to, after you explain yourself, there's no need to prove yourself to anybody as long as you're happy with what you're doing and maybe those toxic people will come around and stop judging. They often do. Mm -hmm. Some of those people who were judging me at the beginning of my journey are, well, they act supportive now. I mean, we're not (laughs) not that close because they they were judging me. But um, yeah, yeah. so I think people come around once they start to see that you're really putting something out there that you're happy about. And the world is changing a lot. I think a lot more people are going to be working for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. The internet makes that very possible. And even if it doesn't look like the actual form of a blog, it could be a lot of other things that you create. So I also think it's just going to become more 
mainstream in general, which is cool. People are all, I, this, I always tell myself this like quote. I honestly think I learned this quote from the OC. Does anyone remember that show? <laughs> Love the, the OC. The quote was, people are always going to talk. So you might as well give them something to talk about. People are always going to talk about you no matter what's going on. If you're doing nothing, they're going to talk about you about something else. If you're doing something, they're going to talk about you. Talk about that too. I got a lot of shit and a lot of hate from a lot of people when I started posting on Instagram. I lost a lot of my friends, just unfollowed me. They didn't want to see what I was posting. Um, And now that they're ones asking me for free stuff. So people are always going to talk about something. And if you have confidence in yourself, that's all that matters. And the tougher you are, like the tougher skin that you have and the more you can kind of fight off those negative comments the better you're going to feel about yourself. So just remember that you're doing what you want to do because you feel good about it. And who cares what other people say? So true. Yeah. Yeah. People suck. Yeah, Yeah. they do. (laughs) I also had, and I'll just add this in, a friend who would say to me, well, you're a good blogger because you're really, really, really good at talking about yourself and promoting yourself. And (laughs) it was like the most backhanded compliment wow. ever. And I don't really take that kind of stuff. So I, I'm always like, mm, it's really Peace, different. Bitch. It has <laughs> nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with talking about this stuff that I've been working really hard on and sharing yeah. that with people who choose to look at it. So mm-hmm. it's totally different. And I think that's usually just other people's insecurities coming out in the forms of those words. So that's something true. to remember. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for always being great engagement. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we have time. Got nothing but time. Keep it going. I brought my sleeping bag. Hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm mostly at home with my two young kids. Um, I guess my question, maybe it's more to Rachel, is I find that like once you start following people, like you go, like you went to LA and you went to Florida, and I'm like, then I should follow all these people. And then you start following them and you're like, oh my God, I didn't put collagen in like my tea. And like, oh, I drink like I had oatmeal, but like it's not sprouted oatmeal. And like, there's sort of like, it continues to sort of amaze me of like the levels, like you think you're kind of on top of things. And I'm wondering like how you sort of like decide what you're gonna integrate. And I know you can't do it all, but like which sort of trends and like which things do you decide are like the most useful for you to bring into your recipe? and your own lifestyle. Yes. Okay. First, I thought you meant following people like who I follow on Instagram. And I was like, well, I'm very picky about who I follow. Otherwise, <laughs> I get very overwhelmed on my newsfeed. I follow too many people. That's a whole other topic. I we'll get fo- there. I follow we'll like hundred and something people, but like I can't do it. Anxiety. So I don't really believe the hype in everything. And if I see that other people are doing something, it doesn't mean I'm going to do it too. I I try and test everything. So for example, collagen peptides, I notice a difference from taking that. Like I put it in my hot water or in my smoothies every day and I feel good. And I think it's helped my hair, skin and nails. Again, that's me. I'm not preaching that. So that's something that I guess you could say like I follow or I try and integrate in my diet as much as I can. And so when I'm traveling, when I travel to LA, I brought the packets with me. So I would find a way to have that daily. There were days I forgot, but whatever, life goes on. And I think that just because other people are constantly doing different, like like the adaptogens right now are so present, like maca and ashwagandha and reishi, and they're all so important. And like, I love them and I love what they could do for you. I love having products that have them in it, like Rebel that has it, or you, I take capsules or powders, et cetera. But like, if you notice that you're taking certain things and they're not benefiting you, don't just do it because someone else is doing it. Like if you 
have, like for me, I take maca every day and I've noticed the most amazing benefits from it. So I continue to take it and I continue to follow it and I use products with it. So it's finding what works for you. Hi, um, I'm Alamara. Uh, that's my blog. I just started blogging because two years ago I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and nobody could tell me. I went to so many different doctors. Nobody could tell me what I had. And so I just kept, you know, accumulating symptoms um, until, you know, half of my hair fell out. Uh, I was like fainting in the middle of the street. I ended up at the ER muscle spasms, and nobody could tell me what I had, but that I had an autoimmune disease. Uh, so two years later, I kind of just stopped, quit the medication, you know, quit going to the doctor's office and ultimately changed my lifestyle and my diet. And, um, you know, thank God I'm completely disease-free right now. That's amazing. So I just, I was really inspired um, by the journey and, and kind of by where I was, you know, just this time last year and, and now and um, have made it kind of my life, lifelong commitment to help uh, people kind of get their way back to their health or get themselves back, especially women. So my question for you, and thank you so much for, for doing this. Uh, I think it's really important to have spaces where we talk about health and wellness um, and balance it is all about balance. Yeah. Uh, my question for you is you guys spent a lot of time talking about where you're coming from and your respective journeys and what you do now. Where do you see yourself in a year or two years? What does the forward-looking journey look for you? Amazing question. So that's something I've tried to give a lot of thought to because as, as I mentioned, I didn't have much of a purpose and direction when I started and I never could have told you four years ago or three years ago uh, that I'd have a podcast and that I'd be doing stuff like this and that I'd be teaching yoga again and like kind of transforming the way that I shared via my blog. So now I'm trying to have more of a direction because I do think it's important as a business person. And I really have grown so much as someone who did build a business from just one little website on the internet. I think it's important to have goals and know where you're going. And then of course, be open to them changing and evolving. But, um, for me, what I hope at least, and we'll see is I well, I've been enjoying podcasting. I think it's such a unique way to reach people. And I've had people tonight tell me, oh my God, your voice sounds the same as it does on your <laughs> podcast. And I love that. I love that I can reach people. It's so different than Instagram or even a blog or anything else. So I want to keep doing fun stuff with the podcast, having on guests like Rachel and people who inspire me and you know, I have dream guests who I would love to have on. Um, so in a year, I hope that I have access to all of them. And um, yes, and <laughs> I'm working on another book because writing is kind of where I came from. I was in grad school for creative writing before I left and wrote Breaking Vegan. And I, ever since then, have wanted to write another book. So I literally came from a meeting with my agent before this because that's what I care the most about. I don't care if I have to track all over the city 10,000 times and I'm only here for a couple of days because I'm trying to put all of that into place and trying to focus on less. I've let go of a lot of things over the last year or so, like my clothing line and people that I've worked with and different things just to really hone in on the very few things that are super meaningful to me, which are the podcast, 
sharing yoga on the blog and the book. So hopefully that translates to people who have followed the journey because it's definitely changed a lot. I can see that. Grace, thank you. This is such a hard question for me and you are probably in the last few months like the 10th person to ask me this and I still don't have a concrete answer. Um, no, it's okay. I like these types of questions because it does challenge me and I feel a little silly almost that I don't have a concrete vision because I'm so anal and like always like to be prepared for everything that comes at me. But if there's anything I've learned in the last year and a half, it's that I can't plan everything and I can't plan for the future. And if someone told me, I guess this time last year, no, I still wouldn't have believed them. I still, I wouldn't have believed if someone told me a year ago that I'd be doing this full time. Um, I hope that in the next year, I definitely, like, I feel like I have my blog I have Instagram and I feel like I'm missing like that third piece of something. What it is, I do not know. But I think that I need that like extra component of something. I have a few ideas up my sleeve trying to make them happen and trying. But I don't know what they are. No. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never. Um, So I, I hope that my blog and my brand continue to grow. I definitely could confidently say events like these are definitely important to me and interacting with people in the community so much more than just on my phone screen is very important. Like this so far this year, this is like my fourth, no, this is my third event. I'm planning my fourth event right now. And last year I did one event in a whole year. So I think that events would be like awesome to do too. And I hope next time I see you, I have a better answer than that. (laughs) Good answer. It's a really good answer. So I think we are happy you're feeling better. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think we have time for one more question and I already pointed at you. So come on up. Hey, ladies. Thank you so much for hosting this. My name is Alexa, the Mindful Darling. And I'm just curious if you can pretend that you have a magic ball and you can see in the future. What do you think the top trends for social media will be? Like trends, challenges, and opportunities in the future. Oh. (laughs) Um, I think that I hope, I think, and I wish that I dream that Instagram will continue to grow at least for the next, I would, I give Instagram another five to seven years. That's my, my gut tells me. What do you think? They're continuing to innovate, especially when it comes to like Instagram stories. And I think that that platform will be, continue to be very meaningful. Um, I'm sure there'll be another social media platform coming out soon. I just don't know what it is. There hasn't been one out in a while. So we're due for one. I think, and I hope that that's true about Instagram being, you know, popular for five to seven more years or more. I don't know. I think things are really moving in the direction of podcasts and like the spoken word and face-to-face and lives, Instagram live, Facebook live. I think people have had social media for long enough now that they're kind of craving an in-person connection or at least like a face-to-face or a voice-to-voice and just watching the whole podcast boom over the last couple years and especially like this year, I've paid a lot of attention to it has been really cool. So I think the more ways that we can try as bloggers to reach people off of just social media, the better. And stories is a good example of that, Instagram stories, because it might be within the Instagram app, but it's very personal. And, and it's uncurated, which I also yeah, think is Yeah, uncurated. Huge. 
yeah, uncurated content, documenting, documenting what you're doing in each and every moment, vlogging. I think vlogging is going to come back. I mean, it's never stopped being popular, but I think it's going to become more popular with people who haven't been vlogging, video blogging, YouTube. So it's another thing I'm working on is my YouTube channel. It's a lot. You kind of have to just like juggle it and find where you land. But I think, yeah, uncurated, like spoken word content is going to be big. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And we'll do a few more. How many I know more this. questions we wanna, were over here? We can speed one, through the two. last few to get you Someone guys Someone else have up. one over here? Three. Oh, we have three more. Okay. We we'll could do, do three. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, come in. Hi, you guys. My name's Kelsey. I'm the Mindful Chef. Um, I started that blog about three months ago. And it's actually, I feel like a hybrid of the two of you. Um, I admire both of you so much in your journeys. I'm currently in corporate America. Um, I did also just finish my 200-hour teacher training. And I'm looking to do my 300-hour intensive. But I think the biggest question that I have for both of you is through the social media world, you emulate so much authenticity, which is hard to do. And then to be able to sit in this room and have both of you here and see it radiate in person and know that it really truly is what it is. How do you do that through social media and really communicate what your message is, who you are, what it means to you? Because it's hard to do it from behind a screen and not in person. It is hard. That's an amazing question. Oh, I know. That was really, really nice. Um, It is normal. I think, to me, starting my blog, I think Rachel would agree with this, um, was just probably one of the most authentic choices Mm -hmm. I've ever made. I wasn't doing it to make money. I wasn't doing it to one day blog for a career. I started it because... I was geeking out over wellness and I didn't know what to do about it. And I wanted to talk to people and share with people who felt the same way, who cared. Um, I was in college at the time and I had this like mini fridge full of vegetables that all, I had six roommates. They're like, this girl is crazy. She's really lost her mind. So I started a blog because I thought I'm positive. There's a lot of other people out here who feel this way too. So it started in such an authentic place. It was it was almost hard to ever not be authentic if I've ever had partnerships that weren't totally um, in alignment with my brand, which mm-hmm. I've done. I mean, I've definitely made like tons of mistakes along the way. I've just learned. It felt super ingenuine and people would comment on it and tell me that it like, mm, I don't know if you really used that because they've really gotten to know me over these years. Right. And I learned authenticity is the only way to go. Like mm-hmm. maybe in the long run, you won't, you'll have to say no to some big partnerships that you could potentially, you know, make a lot of money on. And also you just, you have to be open to sharing yourself and mm-hmm. of course create boundaries, which like I've finally learned after all these years, I have to have some boundaries and pe- some people in my life don't want their lives to be shared also on my blog. I would literally share everything. (laughs) So I think it comes back to loving it. You, Mm -hmm. when you love it, like it's hard not to be authentic. And people have told me lately, like 
that they love the music that I put on my Instagram um, videos when I share those. And that makes me so happy because music is another thing that I'm obsessed with. And now I'm thinking, okay, when you really truly share yourself authentically without even trying to like, I don't know if people even press the volume on button, but I put the music there because I want to. Um, Those are the videos that I like. So... Yeah, I think you just keep being you and people will relate and then they'll get to know you and and it's doable and awesome. So I still really liked your question because it was like, I don't think you meant as a compliment, but it was a really sweet compliment. So thank you. I think that one of the biggest reasons, I guess, that I'm able to say authentic is that I don't, I don't see myself as this public figure. I still, when I'm talking into my Instagram stories, I still only see my mom watching. Like I don't think that anyone else is watching and call me naive and whatever, but I don't like see myself in the public eye like that. I just see myself as a girl who likes to make healthy desserts and breakfast recipes and work with brands that I love. And I think that I've also never gotten like a rude comment or an email about an ad post or a sponsored post on my account. And I think I'm one of the only people I know that's never had an email from that. And I think it's because I have stayed so true and authentic to my roots. And I've gotten out of brand partnerships that I don't believe in anymore. And I've rejected a lot of money to stay true to who I am. And I think that because I have done that, I think that's like what's most important. And I try and make myself as accessible and like approachable as possible. I reply to every single comment on my Instagram, not every DM. I can't do that. That just, I, I have to talk to Jordan too at sometimes, you know, um, <laughs> like my, my husband, Jordan, Jordan, but, um, I think that staying authentic is just really staying to be yourself because you can get brainwashed in this type mm-hmm. of industry and I, you could let things get to your head, but it's just staying true to like your roots and you. Awesome. Thanks guys. Yeah. yeah. Great question. Hi. Um, my name's Alexa. My Instagram is Fit for Free NYC. My question is about growing the Instagram and the blog. You talk about consistency. So you talked about like different colors and different pictures. My Instagram and blog is about posting like other people's things. So other fitness classes and everyone has a different logo and a different color. So how can I bring consistency into something that isn't so consistent as far as like the pictures go. Yeah, I was going to say on that note, because consistency is important, but I think that looks different for everyone. Because since I don't post, you know, only food or only fitness, and it's kind of a range. And sometimes I travel and the only backgrounds are like blue ocean and green grass. And that's really different from what I would post at home. Um, I think... What you can keep consistent, there's a couple of things. I mean, on a very aesthetic level, your filters. I have Visco, um, that app, you know, VSCO, mm-hmm. that I use just like the same two or three filters for every picture that keeps it consistent, even if the coloring's really different. And then on a non aesthetic level, I think your voice keeps things consistent. So, people follow you because they probably want the variety of the studios. I mean, they're not there to see like a beautifully curated food Instagram like they are for others like Rachel and and many other people. 
So you have to kind of remember what what you're there for. And for me, I think part of my brand is sometimes sharing those in the moment things that I'm really excited about that doesn't always result in the prettiest picture. Sometimes it's grainy. Sometimes it's a selfie. And sometimes it's like, not recognizable to the rest of my blog because it just wasn't that kind of situation. But that works for me because I keep the voice consistent and it. I, I'm happy with it. And ultimately I know that that's the authenticity factor. So I think it's just different for everyone. And if your whole brand is about variety, then your pictures are going to be about variety too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I was going to say like pay attention more to your voice then and make sure your voice is very consistent. I have such a consistent account that like I don't post many pictures that are outside of my 600 square foot apartment. So I think that also using like similar filters could help bring the tones of each color to be similar. Like if you have more warmer tones versus cooler tones or vice versa, I think that could really help. But I would definitely stick to like having a strong voice and using that. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm super anxious. Like I have really bad social anxiety. Um, My name is Leah and I run Fit Girl Treats. And I've been talking to Rachel a lot lately, I think through comments. So I've been like recently obsessed with you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, So I guess that's kind of my question though. Is like my Instagram account was kind of random. Like I didn't believe in Instagram when it first came out. Like I wasn't on it. I didn't understand it. I didn't really like get it. And then it turned into this whole big thing for me and this whole food journey that I'm having. And I kind of, I guess did it backwards because I'm not a blogger. And I never really, so I kind of like started with Instagram. Now I'm trying to transition into blogging. But I had, like I said, I'm like not a social person by nature, which is also funny because I'm a yoga instructor, but it's very different in a yoga room versus like via a blog or an Instagram account or a Facebook account or interacting like face-to-face with people when you're not teaching. (laughs) So if you had any, I guess, advice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, you should be really proud of yourself that if you are nervous speaking in front of people, you did come all the way up here to ask a question because that could be like really nerve-wracking. I think that what you just did is the answer to your question. I think putting yourself out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself is the only way that you're going to grow and get like kind of get over that in a way. I always joke I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I crave being by myself. Like I am a certified loner, but I also love being around people at the same time. And I will easily hibernate in my apartment for a month and not see anybody besides Jordan and call my mom. But like, I have to constantly challenge myself, which is something I've done over the last like probably like year or so is I'm constantly trying to make plans with other people to get out of my apartment, to meet my friends for lunch during the week, because especially working for myself, by myself, it gets really lonely. Challenging yourself, going out of your comfort zone and not getting too comfortable is like the best way to uh, help that. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite bloggers, Lauren Everts from The Skinny Confidential, always says blogging is the perfect job for people who like to be by themselves and people who are socially awkward, quote unquote, because I don't think you're socially awkward at all. I think you're very eloquent. Um, and I too get, you know, believe it or not, terrified to speak in front of people unless it's like truly coming from my heart, like this whole situation is. So it's different, but I've overcome a lot of that too in this, in this industry. But 
you don't have to be like in front of people and face to face to be a blogger. And in fact, I think a great place to start is Instagram. And I had my Instagram before I had my blog also. So I don't, I think it's great because then you already have a built-in audience when you start your website. So of course, challenging yourself, pushing yourself is part of, part of life, but it sounds like you already do that. You teach yoga and that's like very social and that's also very draining. It takes a lot of energy. And I find the more that I've been teaching, the more time I do have to take for myself because you have to share a certain type of very open energy with people. And then you want to be there for your students. And then eventually it's like, I got to go home and yeah. And then hibernate. I too could be alone for a month. I would like not care at all. I love that. Um, yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> I do. Oh yeah, I did the Panchakarma. I, yeah, I have to like once a year at least do like a detox from life. And it's like an Ayurvedic thing, Panchakarma. Um, that's a whole that. other thing. It's very fun. Um, so yeah, blogging, you're getting into the best industry if that's how you feel. And I think too, like Rachel said, like we've both met a lot of our friends through this industry and we're all very different from each other. And... I don't think there's ever any or much judgment of those of us who are more introverted or some people who blog are super extroverted and all they want to do is host events. So there's a place for everybody. Also, can I just say like, it was amazing to hear everybody come up here because like, I was like, I feel like I'm in a room of people that I totally relate to. Yeah, yeah so- <laughs> I agree. I think, yeah, the energy in this room is really amazing and... Yeah, it could make me cry. I'm going to try not to, but it's really cool. I think it's just amazing to get so many people together who care about similar things and to support each other. I don't think there's a single judge judging person in this room. Everybody's awesome. I can see it in your eyes. So I'm really grateful for that. Thanks. Well, thank you guys so much for your patience and sitting with us and chatting with us. And I had so much fun. Did you have fun? Oh, I had so much fun. I hope everybody had so much fun. This was fabulous. And if some people were too shy to get up into this microphone, we get it. We're here. You can come, come ask hey. us questions. That's what we're here for. And yeah, thank you everyone for coming. And then everyone who's listening to this podcast who's not sitting in this room with us in New York. Thank you for listening. And we thank hope that you. you enjoy. And it was really, I just have to say, so inspiring to hear everybody's questions and um, everyone's openness and courage to get up here and speak. It's not easy. So we're grateful. And thank Rachel, you, Jordan, for having me. Rachel again. will be back again and again. <laughs> oh, I <gosh>. promise. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you.